Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. We got a couple stories to talk about today, a couple big things that came out the past couple days, starting off with probably the biggest news that many of you probably don't view as big news, but Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib has just recently come out that he is gay, and you know... This is a big deal for a couple of reasons. One, there's not ever been a openly gay NFL football player on an NFL roster. And for those who say, oh, Michael Sam played for the Rams, he never officially made the roster. Carl Nassib is definitely going to make the Raiders roster. He's a very solid piece for the Raiders last year, actually. And, you know, this, it, it really, I'm not shocked that it came at this time, as weird as that sounds, only because it is Pride Month right now. I genuinely talked about to multiple people over the past couple of weeks saying how, you know, Eventually, we're going to have a lot of players coming out during Pride Month or coming out in the near future. Because being gay, being bi, being trans, which I mean, we would know if there was a trans NFL player, most likely. But it's much more widely accepted in this day and age. And doesn't mean that what he did didn't like possibly was very scary for him. I mean, to come out because, you know, there are certain people who still do judge against that, but he's got nothing but support and love from former teammates and from current NFL players right now. And quite frankly, I think the public is reacting very well to it as his Jersey these past two days have been the has been the number one selling NFL jersey, which that's a good thing. It it, it really is. Carl Nassib uh, is a very solid player for the Raiders too. So like I, I definitely see him. Like he he's been in the league since 2016. He played for the. Uh, if I recall correctly, he played for the Browns in 2016 and 17. Then he was switched to, or he was played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know for 2018 and 2019, he might have played halfway through the 2020 season, got traded to the Raiders, but I'm pretty sure he played for the Raiders all of 2020. But you know, on a Raiders defense that isn't that great, he was a solid contributor he only put up two and a half sacks which is technically a career low for him tying his career low of his rookie season in 2016 but on a Raiders team that needs help he's a very very solid piece for that team and I feel as though he will be a member of this team still a lot of people might be thinking, oh, here comes another media parade, just like with the Michael Sam 
situation, which, yes, there have been people talking about Carl Nassib, including myself. I'm talking about him right now. But I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as the Michael Sam situation because Michael Sam instantly became a image for the Rams almost. And they just brought a lot of attention to a bad Rams team that was kind of unwanted. Uh, and many people will say, hey, well, the Rams drafted him, which, yeah, they did. And I think that they, even though he didn't make their roster, I think he was a good draft pick. I think that he could, or he should have made it on another team just solely based off of his uh, accolades in college football. But he did bring a lot of unwanted attention to the Rams, which, yeah, people will say, oh, well, Carl Nassib's kind of doing that right now. But Carl Nassib didn't, like, make out with his boyfriend or anything on national TV. That was something that got talked a lot about a lot during Michael Sam, like, right after he got drafted, uh, there, it wasn't as, uh, approved of, I guess you could say a couple years back, like everything's progressing. So I think that this is a very good thing and it might encourage other players in the NFL to look and see Carl Nassib and say, you know what? It's okay for me to come out. Might encourage college players. He is almost becoming a role model just because players or let's other players in the NFL, college players, high school players might be able to look at Carl Nassib and say, you know what? I can come out now. I can come out of the closet. And you know, that it's an amazing thing that Carl Nassib did just owning who he is. Uh, it doesn't change the person he has been. I mean, it's a very, it's a very good thing. And during Pride Month, could not have been at a better time since it is, as one of my friends would say, it is their month. Which take you out, take that how you want, take it. It's kind of true. It is all about LGBTQ plus in the month of June. And it, I think it, it's a great time for for NFL players, to be honest, especially for him. It's amazing that he can just be honest, well, be true to himself and can finally feels comfortable enough to come out. And he's got nothing but love, like I said. J.J. Watt, I know, said some things. Uh, Julian Edelman said some things, Saquon Barkley, Ryan Clark. He's getting a lot of love from both former NFL players, really good NFL players too, players who have like some say in how things are viewed, like Julian Edelman, who can sway opinion 
Ryan Clark, who played for the Steelers for many years, and kind of sway opinion. Saquon Barkley, J.J. Watt, two NFL greats that are in the league right now. Well, Saquon, not really an NFL great. Uh, the potential to be great, but I think you guys get what I mean. It's a great time to do it, and then, quite frankly, congratulations, Carl Massive, on coming out. Uh, I don't know if that's really something you congratulate someone on, but we here at FNK or Football News and Knowledge, of course, support you. We support gay rights. We support the rights of trans people. We support the rights of anyone. Just be you, be happy, be yourself. Uh, that being said, we will be taking a short commercial break. When we return, we will be talking about Sean McVay and some things he's been saying about his new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, I teased before about how Sean McVay had been saying some things about his new starting quarterback, and... It's been nothing but positivity. It, quite frankly, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very good. The Rams head coach came out just being 100% honest, said Matthew Stafford is a bad motherfucker. And quite frankly, yeah, I agree with you, Sean McVay. Not enough people think that, and they better start believing because Stafford didn't have the support cast around him in Detroit all these years. Yes, I know that he had Calvin Johnson. That doesn't mean he's instantly going to be successful with Calvin Johnson. He had never really had a good offensive line. He never really had a good running game. They, they pretty much wasted a lot of his career, and now he's with a team that has a great offense around him. And quite frankly, I've always considered Sean McVay either at, at some points in his career, a top five quarterback or a borderline top five quarterback right now. I'd say the highest you could put him right now is 10th. And if we're head, talking about heading into the next season, Matthew Stafford is going to be like just like with Carson Wentz, either a top five quarterback or a borderline top five quarterback. I would not be shocked as long as Aaron Rodgers plays this year and Deshaun Watson play this year. I would not be shocked if it was either uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron. If it went in this order, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, or uh, or Matthew Stafford. Either or, if if it's me, I'd probably say that Carson Wentz is going to not beat out Matthew Stafford, mainly because Stafford has Sean McVay and those weapons in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Cam Akers, I mean, 
Sean McVay made Jared Goff's life easy, and Jared Goff made his own life hard because nothing against Jared Goff. He's not as good of a quarterback as Matthew Stafford. Now, Matthew Stafford, for once in his career, once has a very good team around him. And he is going to totally take advantage of that. I have the the Rams definitely making the playoffs. They are going to be a scary team coming out of the NFC. Uh, to be honest, I think that the NFC Championship game could potentially be Rams versus Buccaneers. And I don't, for Packers fans, I'm sorry, I can't put the Packers in the NFC Championship again, mainly because, yes, Aaron Rodgers beat the so-called number one ranked defense last year in the Rams in the playoffs, but Aaron Donald was injured. And quite frankly, I don't consider the Rams number one ranked defense from last year the true number one ranked defense. And it's because you got to look at the offensive lines they were going up against. The Seahawks don't have a good offensive line. The Cardinals do not have a good offensive line. The 49ers last year did not have a good offensive line. Added to the fact that they were constantly going in and out of different quarterbacks. So that doesn't help. So the Rams, I am not going to consider having the best defense from last year. Yes, they had good takeaways and everything. Okay, well, against the 49ers offense last year, I, I don't blame them. I think even the Seahawks and the Cardinals had good takeaways. With how the Seahawks finished last year and how the Cardinals finished last year, yeah, they should have finished first. But with that being said, the Cardinals or the the Rams still do have a very good defense. And I do see them being a potentially great team, potential Super Bowl contenders this year, and being possibly even the team that takes it all the way to the Super Bowl. I think that Matthew Stafford will finally be able to lead a team to Super Bowl contention if he if all things go well injuries aren't are I'm not contributing injuries right now but even if there's certain players that do get injured I still think that they have a good enough team around him that he can perform at a very high level and and I mean to be honest just getting back on the whole Stafford and like the Rams and the Packers thing. Another reason why Packers, I can't have you back in the NFC championship game. We don't know when Rodgers is going to be back. He might show up right before week one for all we know. And then that's going to be all those reps during the preseason training camp, all that will have been missed, and he will come in a little rough, which will definitely affect their entire team because, quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers is that entire offense. I know they have Aaron Jones. I know that they have Devontae Adams, and those are two phenomenal 
phenomenal athletes. But that offense runs through Aaron Rodgers. And without him performing at a high level from start to finish, that team is not going to go super far. I do not like their chances on the road if they have to face Tampa, if they have to face the Rams. Uh, quite frankly, I don't, if I'm looking, they're, they're going to make the playoffs as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. I don't know about Jordan Love yet. Jordan Love could be the future at quarterback for the Packers. We're not sure yet. We won't really know until he actually gets on the field and plays. That being said, just getting back to the whole Rams thing, the Rams are in a phenomenal situation because they do have Matthew Stafford there right now, getting used to Sean McVay's offense, which is very quarterback friendly. He has weapons. He has a good offensive line. He has a top 10, potentially top five defense. He has Aaron Donald on the defense. He has Jalen Ramsey on the defense. That team will be very scary for everyone in the NFC. And if they make it to the Super Bowl, whoever they're going to be facing should definitely be afraid of them. Whether that be the Chiefs, if they make it back, the Browns, it's going to be a good game if the Rams are in the Super Bowl. With that being said, I'm not going to predict them going to the Super Bowl yet. I'm not going to have them beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if we, if I was doing playoff predictions, way too early playoff predictions. But they're going to be one scary team. Trust me on that. And for the rest of the fans of teams in the West, I'm sorry. I can't really put your teams ahead of the Rams. I can't put the Cardinals ahead of the Rams because they didn't do the one thing I felt that they needed to do, and that was protect Kyler Murray. They didn't draft really any offensive linemen. Yeah, they got J.J. Watt. Good signing. We aren't sure what J.J. Watt's going to do this year with the Cardinals. I mean, he he's never had a... Uh, has he had a full season or played an entire season once? I'm not... I think he's only done it once. I think it was in 2015. Now, add to that, yeah, good signing. But if Chandler Jones, if they cut Chandler Jones or trade him, wasn't worth it. I'd rather have Chandler Jones. Uh, even coming off of his injury... Yeah, they got A.J. Green. A.J. Green has not performed at a high level for years. It's more just buying a name. It kind of feels like the 2010 or 2011 Philadelphia Eagles a little bit. Doesn't feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. Doesn't feel like the Kansas City Chiefs from last year or even two years ago. Just feels more like 2010 Philadelphia Eagles when Vince Young came out and said, oh, this is a dream team. And the, the Cardinals look like a dream team, but the Eagles version of a dream team. Now, Seattle, 
love Russell Wilson. I think that he can get them to the playoffs, but it's going to be hard, especially since not really a great offensive line, not a good defense at all, no pass rush, and a lot's going to be put on that offense. And Russell Wilson, he'll, he'll be able to do it. Top five quarterback in the NFL last year. Definitely going to be a top five quarterback this year. But I can't see them making a true push for the Super Bowl. And 49ers, yes, you have, as a matter of fact, I would say the 49ers heading into this year are probably the, the second most scary team in the West. Uh, goes probably Rams, then 49ers, Seahawks, and then Cardinals. Yes, Cardinals, I am still putting you at the bottom. And it's because 49ers have all these players coming back from injury. Bosa's coming back. Garoppolo's going to be healthy. And for anyone who's saying, oh, Garoppolo isn't a good quarterback, Garoppolo got him to the Super Bowl two years ago. Even though it was heavy on the run in the playoffs, he still played well enough to get them to help them get to the Super Bowl. And if he's not performing well, Trey Lance, thus far, as it's come out that Trey Lance is performing pretty well in uh, mini camps and the OTAs. So 49ers fans are going to get the best product on the field at quarterback, whether that be Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. So, the Rams, getting back to the whole main point, Rams fans, you guys have a phenomenal team. You guys have a lot to look forward to with this season. Barring some sort of catastrophic meltdown or injury, I think the Rams have a have a lot, a lot to look forward to. Potentially Super Bowl favorites. I'd, I'd put them right there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Packers would have gotten Julio Jones, I would have probably had the Packers above the Rams. But they have no wide receiver help other than Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. Plus, he hasn't shown up to anything yet. And we don't know if he will. That being said, when we return, we will be talking about the Madden cover and who's on it and just some personal thoughts and a thoughts for probably really for a lot of Madden fans over these past couple years when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, Madden 22 is coming out soon, and they announced who will be on the cover of Madden 22. It will be the MVPs of the NFL. The MVP edition, essentially, is what they are calling it, and that cover will be of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and seven-time Super Bowl champion on the other side in Tom Brady. Now, this is a pretty cool cover. I think that it's very fitting for the name 
but that that's all cool and all. But at the same time, I, I gotta just bring up what every Madden fan is thinking. For those who play the game, they know this. For those who don't play Madden or stop playing Madden for this reason, you know this. For those who just aren't aware of this whole issue, I'm sorry that you've pretty much been playing bad Madden games, if you've been playing them. Madden, year in and year out, has been the exact same game with just updated rosters and really graphics have gotten better game modes have been taken away and but like there, there's like a lot of things that have been like messed up every year it, like it seems like every year Madden's getting worse i for one who am very good at madden uh when i used to play i was in the zero to one percent tile for man ultimate team I literally had like a 210 record in Madden Ultimate Team and in franchise mode, like when you do the online franchise mode. I, I, I'm very good at it. But over the years, it's just gotten worse and worse. Things have gotten way more unrealistic with what players can do. And quite frankly, Fans of the game, they, they don't, they only buy that game. And if you, if you buy this game, I'm sure you will testify for this. You only buy that game because it's the only football game you can get. If they brought back, for those who are old enough to remember NFL 2K. If they brought that back, guaranteed you'd be buying that over Madden. Because 2K... The last 2K with Terrell Owens on the cover, awesome game. Amazing game. There are actually certain things that you can, like mods you can install to where you'll get the current rosters on that game. Same thing with the last NCAA game. You can get the current rosters on the game. And it's only like 10 bucks, I think. Now... I could say this, this might be a Madden game that I might actually buy only because Tom Brady is one of my favorite players, is my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is one of my favorite players, but honestly, I'm not sure. I bought this pass game, the, the one with, I think it, Lamar Jackson was on the last cover. Played franchise mode and just I, I I had to return it. In two days I had to return it. I was like, I can't do this. This is not this is not the Madden that I know and love. And I know that there's tons of people out there who feel the same way as me with this. Because the game has been ruined over the years and for those who know video games, or for those who don't, actually, EA has ruined a lot of sports games. They are just literally taking the same game, changing one or two things, and 
selling a brand new game to it or selling a brand new game. And it's insulting. There have been tons of fans of other games who have come out and complained about EA's poor design. Their games are clunky. They they don't flow. You know, there's you, you can search up on YouTube. And I encourage you if you don't know what I'm talking about ways EA has messed up video games. Even Madden. If you think that Madden's a perfect game, I'm sorry. You you need to search it up. Because you're going to learn some things. If you watch some of the trailers from like Madden games, like when they release new things, they will literally have... like if You, you can pause at certain times and the ball will be like in the player's arm. It will be like actually in their arm, in their forearm. It'll be in their stomach, their helmet will be like a part of their shoulder pad. It it's not good. They are money grabbing and I am coming at you with this EA. You guys have ruined a lot of video games and shame on you because like I used to love Madden. I used to love everything about it. But it seems like as of now, I every year it's the same thing. But you take it, you take the the per, you took a perfect game, and you just slowly took one thing here and there away, and you replaced it with something cool or nice. But you took something that was really good and replaced like you re, you took something that was great and replaced it with good, and then you took that thing that was good. And replace it with average. And then you replace that average with okay. And so on and so forth. Down the line. And honestly, I, I do encourage any fan of Madden games to like search up the trailers. Rewatch the trailers and look for it. You will see like certain times where players are getting tackled and the leg will be in the person's shoulder pad and I mean yes no matter what that happens in the game here and there just the fact that they're okay with it being in the trailer though doesn't doesn't look good in my opinion they you can lay Google up Google uh, EA ruining games and the first thing that will come up, I bet any money is top 50 ways or something. As a matter of fact, I'm going to Google this right now. Yes, uh, EA ruining games. 20 video game franchises EA has ruined. I would not be shocked if Madden was a part of one of those games. Or one of those games. And it sucks because as someone who plays video games here and there as someone who used to love the Madden franchise, as I'm sure a lot of you do Madden used to be a great game. It used to be a game that I used to play all the time with my brothers. It, it was a fun game. My friends and I would always have Madden tournaments, but now it's, it's not good. It's gone way too fake. Nothing was more annoying when I played this last Madden, 
Madden game. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. This last Madden game. And I had... Uh, what's his name? Oh, Saquon Barkley. Truck through eight players on the San Francisco 49ers. Not going to happen. Not on, the de- not on that defense. The defense that was just in the Super Bowl based on the prior game or based on the prior year. That's not going to happen. Not, not any chance of it. Now, Saquon's a good running back, but I think at the start of the year, his rating was only like 83. The San Francisco 49ers had phenomenal players who were like 90s, high 80s. And not saying that Saquon's not a bad running back, and I know that I'm good at the game, but there was just, I I wasn't even doing anything. I wasn't using the hit stick or the truck stick. I would literally go into a spin move and somehow I would end up trucking through someone who had who had a beeline shot at me and I would just go right through him. And I was like, this is insane. This is not cool. And then I played an online game. And I won the game. But the amount of times that that same situation happened or a player dropped a ball and I'm playing online or like the online game mode, not like Madden Ultimate Team. I had Julio Jones and it's like him dropping an open pass and Calvin Ridley dropping open passes and Matt Ryan setting his feet and throwing it a 10 yard out route, but it gets intercepted on the inside of the route like it wasn't thrown to the outside and it was I know how to play the game I know the functions I know how to work the sticks when you throw it was just not functioning well and I didn't get the game right away I got a couple months down the line so all the bugs should have been out and it seems like every time I buy a Madden game it's always like this And as someone who used to love Madden, who did online tournaments, I, quite frankly, this is shameful, EA. Like, I hope that this is a good game, but, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if it's just as bad as last year, or even worse. Because there are no competitors. For for those who are upset just like me, there are no competitors that can touch the NFL brand. 2K uh, was about to be getting back into the game. And then EA re-upped it with the NFL. And we have, like, I think three or four more years before, like, another brand could potentially come and make a video game about the NFL which if I'm another brand, I would literally just do like the Atlanta Arizona. Like I wouldn't put their full team name. I'm not sure if they can legally do this, but through Arizona, not the Cardinals just do their team name is Arizona. 
no logo, but that you'll have the helmet, uniform, everything. Make it like how movies do it. Like you know how like when a um a movie is like trying to portray the Steelers, it's gonna have the black helmet, the the gold stripe and everything, but you won't see the logo, but the uniforms will look the same. Do something like that. Because quite frankly, if you make a better game than Madden, you will make more money. If you you don't even have to use their name. You could do exactly what NCAA used to do where it's just their number. And I bet any money players will buy that, that game way or people will buy that game way before they buy Madden. Because Madden and EA, I hope you're listening. I hope to God you're listening. You guys make an awful game. And you should be ashamed of yourself for ruining what was an amazing game. Now that that rant's over, I am going to try to shift over to another subject. I'm going to shift over to the Giants and them playing on retiring former quarterback Eli Manning's jersey number this next season. News came out today that they will be retiring Eli Manning's jersey number at or on the week three game this season and you know it it makes sense Eli Manning won two Super Bowls for the Giants both coming against the Patriots I mean think about if if Eli Manning doesn't play in those games or if it's maybe a different quarterback maybe the Patriots win both of those maybe the Patriots have an undefeated season on with them Tom Brady would, and then Tom Brady would have two extra rings potentially. Eli Manning, of course, had a phenomenal career, though, besides those uh, two Super Bowl wins. He was a four-time Pro Bowler, 2016 Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Giants. And, you know, honestly, he had he threw 366 touchdowns. His last couple years in the league were not good. We're not good at all. Uh I think yeah, his final three years, 2017, 2018, and 2019, he combined for a total of nine wins and twenty-six losses. His last good season was in twenty sixteen, which ended in the Odell Beckham Jr. boat ride that Ended their playoff run against the Green Bay Packers. But honestly, congrats to Eli Manning. A hell of a career. A lot of people question whether or not he will be in the Hall of Fame. I'd say he potentially will. I don't know if he really deserves it. Yes, he's won two Super Bowls. But on those Super Bowl teams... He had great defenses. He had phenomenal defenses. And, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not sure really if he really deserves to be in 
the Hall of Fame eventually. He definitely, I would say, deserves to be in the Giants Hall of Fame, but not potentially the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's definitely not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he is, I would be incredibly shocked, and I think it would be kind of an insult to Phil Simms, the former Giants quarterback who, quite frankly, did just as much, in my opinion, as Eli Manning, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame voters, if anyone's listening, someone needs to vote Phil Simms into the Hall of Fame next year. I mean, this guy has two Super Bowl wins and was a phenomenal quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks of the 80s and early 90s. So that's getting a little off topic. It's more about Eli Manning. Either way, congrats to Eli Manning. Congrats to the Giants on retiring his jersey. I think it's well-deserved. It will be eventually weird. I I do think it's kind of weird that teams retire jersey numbers only because you got to think eventually they're going to retire so many jersey numbers and they're going to have to unretire them. Kind of like what happened with J.J. Watt and the Cardinals. Like J.J. Watt was definitely not going to play under a different number. He's going to wear number 99. And the Cardinals had to make that awkward phone call, I feel like, to say like, hey, yeah, you can wear, uh, or to the family of, I'm blanking on the Cardinals player's name, but tell his family like, hey, is it okay if J.J. Watt wears number 99? Because that player's, that player and his family were told no one will ever wear this number again. And it kind of feels a little weird that they're going to let J.J. Watt, who is by all, by all means a future Hall of Famer, but like a guy who might just be on the team for like a year or two, get that number like I I don't know it seems kind of like insulting in my opinion and a little foolish but that being said we are going to take a break when we return we will be talking about Tua Tagovailoa and how he's been doing in mini camps and what the Dolphins coaching staff believe will be coming from Tua this season when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, to kick into our final segment of this episode, we will be talking about Tuatanga Veloa, who thus far, coming out of minicamp, after the five interception day has actually been impressing the Miami Dolphins training staff, which or coaching staff. And for those who reacted negatively to the whole Tua 
throwing five interceptions in practice. <clears throat> I just would like to go back to a old quote from Aaron Rodgers where I, I can't remember what year it was, but Marcus Mariota had said how or everything was coming out of Titans camp saying that how Marcus Mariota has not thrown any interceptions thus far in mini camp or training camp. And it got back to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers pretty much said, you know, I would like to throw interceptions at this time. That's the, that's the time you want to be throwing interceptions because that's where you're able to test your limits of where you can throw to certain wide receivers. You don't want to be learning that when it's in the fourth quarter and you're down by three and you need only like four, you're, you're down by four and there's 30 seconds left on the clock with 55 yards to go. You don't want to be testing, oh, where can I put the ball where the receiver can only get it? No, you want to find that out in minicamp. You want to test your limits in minicamp because then you'll know for the season. And thus far after that, uh, five interception in, in a minicamp session, uh, Tua Vailoa has been impressing. Uh, they, the coaching staff said that they wanted him to be aggressive with the pass game, uh, that they want to see if he can fit throws in to tight spaces. They need to know that he can make throws under the pressure because the, the Dolphins are definitely playoff contenders this year, especially if Tua lives up to the hype that he had coming out of the draft last year. And I think that Brian Flores said it perfectly correct with kind of like what I was just saying with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. It's practice. It's practice. It's not a game. It's practice. Kind of feel like uh, Allen Iverson there. We talking practice, man. Not even a real game. We talking practice. No, but seriously, this is a very good sign for Miami fans. One of my friends is a giant Miami Dolphins fan. She moved down to uh, the Miami area just for the Dolphins. And she was very happy. And I'm sure will be very happy to hear that I agree with the, the, the coaching staff that it's a good thing that he's throwing interceptions in training camp because it is. Needless to say, you want to see what you can do in train camp. If you like, like I was just saying, Tua, you you don't want to find out that Tua can't throw the the tight spiral into a or fit into a tight window. You don't want to find that out in a game. You want to find that out like in training camp because in those situations, then you're gonna know. Hey, we should not be trusting him to make this this throw and maybe for all we know they're saying wow he can make every throw maybe he's going to be second year Patrick Mahomes I doubt it but it could potentially happen we never know uh, 
Brian Flores had said how he thinks that uh, Tua has really worked on all of the specific areas that they wanted to see him improve in and that he, he thinks that he is going to not rest until he's the best. And that's a great thing to hear from your coach. And I think that Dolphins fans have a lot to look forward to for this next season with Tua Tonga Vailoa. And if you bought a Tua jersey, I think that that was an okay buy. I, th- I don't think that you're going to regret buying that in a year or two. Hopefully not. And if you're an AFE- AFC East fan, whether you be a Jets fan, a Patriots fan, or a Bills fan, I think you guys are going to have to be afraid of the Dolphins this year. Yes, they don't have Fitz Magic to uh, back him up if he is bad, but if he's good, Dolphins are definitely going to be major AFC East contenders and playoff contenders. So, with that said, we are going to wrap up this episode. It's been a good day. I hope you guys have a great week, and we will hopefully see you again this Friday. Until then, have a great week, and bye-bye.